because it must have been I can't imagine what the experience must have been like. So you, you've had that training session where even you yourself kind of were there. Like, I don't get it. Why is everyone watching me train? I'm just, yeah. So just we back. had, yeah, like we had a, um, we had an open one at Farnham. That was the first weekend. And then a couple of weeks later in the Easter holidays, we had, and we had a couple open sessions, we had an open session for coaches, local coaches to come and watch the coaches coach us in the big setup. Um, and I know, I knew loads of the coaches and they're like, Oh my God, you're playing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm playing here now. It's it's cool, um, and then when we went into the, the test weeks, we had a, we had a, we coached we coached ourselves little like local teams, um, and I had loads of people coming like, oh, you go to school here, and like I knew the parents, um, and then after this is what really got to me actually, after our second open training session where the kid had come to, these kids had come to train with us, train themselves and they come and stay to watch us train. And they we were like, wow, we're in England and kid, they're training. We were signing, taking photos of them after signing stuff. This one kid at the end, everyone had gone in and got their food and I was out there and he, he kept asking questions. His mum was like, can I get a photo of you? And I was, I was like, yeah, sure. And then I waited like half an hour, 45 minutes, just talking to him about rugby. And um, I never got to know his name. <laughs> I, I, he never told me his name. Um, and I spoke to him for like 45 minutes and like his mum was like after as walking, I was walking away and she was like, thank you so much for that. He, he, he loves rugby and he, and he loves England and it's, it's made his year. And I was like, oh, really? That's, that's brilliant. Um, and the same kid after both games against Ireland, we'd have, um, he, he, so he'd run out of the changing rooms and he would be there watching and I'd see him and I'd be like, oh, how you doing? And I'd like smile at him as I ran out um, and, and then, did the anthem and stuff like that. Um, and then after both games, so we go for the, after the games, like not just straight away, um, after games I had like his mates would come up and like I'd sign the programs and sign the photo and stuff like that, which was surreal to me anyway. And I was still a bit confused as to why. Um, he would stay back. And then after that, we'd got changed into our shirt and tie, gone to have the food, have the presentation of these little like badges that we got from Ireland he'd be outside the clubhouse waiting to, to see me and take a photo of me. And he'd shout my name as I came out. And I was like, this is so wholesome. Like I didn't know. And, yeah. it, and it, it was, it's the thing I remember most about, about playing the games is after him being there, she was like, that's like, this has been the best, one of the best weeks he's had. And I was like, that's brilliant. I didn't really know how to respond. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I remember. I haven't really, like, uh, the games themselves, um, the first game it was about 10 minutes in and uh, if you watch my highlights on YouTube from the from my, my under 18 season you'll see it's probably the first one um, I take a, we had a move where it went 10-12 and then the classic 13 hits a line and 10's out back yeah sure and I took it on the crash ball went straight through a gap hand someone off got to this fullback we all heard about this fullback he sounded like a three year deal at Ulster, deal at Ulster. big name um, I was playing against a now this guy who at 13 who was Mark's number called Hayden Hyde. Now has just come back to play for Harlequins. Wow! Uh, so we had a lot of big names that we we were like, oh, we just play county rugby. Um, and I took the ball straight through the gap, came up against his fullback and and hit hit the most outrageous like aud aud audacious um, goose step, which I just I don't even remember doing it. It just happened. I was like, well, hard skill to master as well. To, I don't even know. I literally I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you. I was like, I just put one up, went round him, and just sprinted. I was like, oh my god, 
heard all, couldn't even hear all the crowd was screaming and then slid in the corner and it was wet and it was like a massive slide um and and I was like what this is crazy and my mates were on the sidelines and that's like the first thing I, I like really settled into the game um and that's the, the, one of the another actual memory of the games where I was like wow this is this is amazing and, and I've just called it in an England shirt it might be at counties at under 18s level that's something for me that was huge mm-hmm. um and then throughout the rest of the game we scored again in the second the second game um we won the first game and that's not very common and then the second game we won with a kick in the 80th minute um I was actually I was on I was off I had a, I broke my knuckle you see now there's no knuckle here oh yeah there's fused down here somewhere if you can compare it um so I broke my knuckle so I was off I was like sling yeah. and I was like oh, I knew one of the first things someone said was you can have to go out tonight with a sling and I was like oh yeah <laughs> and my hand was like this big and I was like yeah I'm fine and the, he, this guy called Aaron who plays for Cornwall a few now um, RFC so he's playing county rugby at home again um, he slotted this kick from ages away I just lost my head sprinted on my hand was hurting so much jumped on the boys and it was it was crazy um, that whole week was was unbelievable and, yeah. and it's something I'll never forget uh, that sounds like honestly it sounds like such an amazing uh, amazing achievement you know it does it takes a lot to be able to get yourself up to that level and not only to be knocked down the way that you had been previously and then just spring back as if nothing had happened before you were such a stronger more rugby smart player as a result and then you went and you grabbed that opportunity with both hands and then that is probably is that ultimately what led you into finding Cardiff Met as your university of choice yeah so I wasn't I was still thinking of am I going to be a ski instructor now what am I going to do next am I going to go into professional rugby um and there were loads of there's a few offers that came from championship sides and I, and I had a professional offers there and um, some offers from places like London Scottish. Um, Harlequins were, were watching a game, but I didn't really hear from, I don't think anyone heard from them. Um, so, so I was like, oh, could I play championship rugby? Made a bit of a bit of fun out of it and some money. But then I can't, I can't remember how I found out about it. I, I went to, I was obviously applied for unis in, in third, in second year in college. And Cardiff Met was not one I was looking at, and I found out about it. And I'd gone to Exeter and Bath and St Mary's for to look at rugby setups and got offers from all of all three of those. And then I came to Cardiff Met, and I was like, I missed the open day because I was skiing with school. And Danny Milton was like, I emailed him, and I was like, could I come and speak to you about rugby? Because I missed the rugby open day, and I want to play rugby for Cardiff Met because I looked like I've seen obviously on YouTube such a big big setup people playing for harlequins now from uh, lukey and and alex uh don brand uh and i was like this could be huge like people go professional off this they play in front of hundreds of people every day every wednesday so i went there and i got to the campus and i was like oh my god i didn't really know what to expect because everywhere else was a bit more city campus this is like a little village king college actually is like a little village it is, it is. It's, it's a fantastic campus to be part of. And yeah. you're, kind of, you're constantly surrounded by sport, aren't you? Exactly. That's what I thought. It's, I said, as soon as I got there, I was like, this place definitely breeds athletes. Yeah. And it, that was that was solidified when I saw Colin Jackson just walking around. And I was like, oh my God, what are you doing here? I think that and must he, have been the highlight of my my mum's open day when she came with me was yeah. the whole way back home. She was like, wow, we saw Colin Jackson, didn't we? I was yeah. like, yeah, the course is great, but we did see Colin Jackson. But let's talk about this. She was like, no, we saw Colin Jackson. Wow, highlight of the day. 
So that, it, is, it is such a fantastic campus to be around that really yeah. promotes, you know, sport is great and sport is here and it's it's definitely a career that you can pursue. And you talk about that that man, Danny Milton, or Mr. Met, really, when you think <laughs> about it, because he's, he's such a loud personality, but in such a great way. Yeah. How big a deciding factor was he in making your decision to come to Cardiff Met? Well, what it was, I met Reese Roberts first. Um, another integral part of my development as a rugby player and I've got so much to thank him for skill-wise, mindset-wise and we, he did me a tour of the campus and all of this um, and then I went into a room with Danny and, and Guard um, and they spoke to me and it was, just, it was just a different kind of vibe, they were like yeah we, we've watched your highlights, we think you're good we think you should come to pre-season um, or actually no they said we think you could come to pre-season we'll let you know and I was like, oh, that's a big call for a fresher who's never been to uni before. And I was really excited. Um, and I was like, oh, that would be class. We've got pre-season. I reckon I could break into the first team and, and, and maybe potentially get a couple of games at first team. And, and yeah, so with Danny Milton, he was just so positive and, and he knew that the setup was good and he backed the setup and he, he said, You're, you could do really well here. And from him saying that, I was like, I could, I, I could do really well here. Um, and... I looked around Cardiff and it was just it was just a no-brainer. I was like, I'm definitely going to Cardiff Met. And it's it's I've never really looked back since. Like I wouldn't change anything, any decision I've made yeah, ever. Absolutely. And you mentioned three big names. We already said Danny is as you mentioned, Reese Roberts again, you know, fantastic athlete in his own right, you know, back yeah. when he was playing for Met in his heyday and you know, obviously working with the WIU now, a really fantastic figure to sort of build your your rugby around. And then of course the expertise and the years of experience that Guards has had and the fantastic, you know, personality and honest personality that he has as well when talking about games. That that is the ideal environment almost for you to be in as a player growing. Uh, and what would you say is your your biggest moment at Cardiff Met? What has been your biggest moment? Was it the first time you stepped out on the Super Rugby pitch? Was it the first time you went out in the Championship, or was it the first time that Danny screamed you'd done a good job in training? <laughs> like which which one was perhaps your There's biggest? There's so highlight? many to pick from, but um, for me, biggest one with in a Met jersey would be score it. So I was selected for the first Buck Super Rugby game of the year against Cardiff in front of thousands of people, and we were a few minutes in. And Dan Thurston was on the bottom of a rock, got a ball, just popped his me. All I had to do was run and dive over the line, turn around, the place erupts, and I just couldn't, like, I have goosebumps to think about now. <laughs> it was live stream, the commentator, I got spoke about in the before the game, and I was like, I've never been spoken about by commentators before, this is weird. Um, people sent me videos of it because they were watching, and they were like, oh, I didn't yeah. know that happened. Um, and I scored, and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then, like scored, turn around, the boys just come sprinting at me, like jump and hug me. I know, I watched it before, and it's um, Tom Benjamin jumps in the air, punches the air, and you hear the crowd go, and it, it it's just I could never recreate a feeling like that in, um, in uni. Hopefully, I can do it on a bigger stage. But yeah, absolutely, it was it was something else. You've already mentioned, you know, a couple of big names there. Obviously, Dan Thurston used to play for Bristol Bears. Uh, you got Tom Benjamin now playing with Anfield in the Championship. What did it mean to have that sort of calibre of player with you almost day in, day out in university life? It was, see, this is what, this is what was weird because people like Luke Northmore um, plays for Harlequins now. He was, yeah. he was like the model professional. Got a 2-1 or first, something high, high 2-1 on first in his course, smashed it. Was, you barely saw him on, out, out drinking. He was lifting the most in the gym. He was scoring the most tries. He was the, 
always the first name on the team sheet. And he was like inspirational to 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 take that lifestyle from. But then you got the other end of the spectrum where like Matt Marsh now plays Ampto in a rugby in, in a the championship and, and Tom Benjamin, both of them are social sex, but so they balanced it brilliantly. Yeah. Um, played first team. Tom Benjamin's that like loud, confident guy who would um, much like Andrew Nurse in, in my second year when he was a third year, who would you could always look to to do something and and if you if your team was struggling and saying like Northmore and, and and Benji and, and Nursey and uh, Marshy were all people you could look to um, down first and always put in a solid performance. It was just it was a professional setup with people you knew would be professional players or go up to go on to do amazing things. It, you just it's not you don't really see it until you look back on it and you're like oh, I was witnessing history there. So like the highlights that Luke Northmore got signed from like how Cardiff, how Harlequin saw him the matches I was like playing in them and I was like oh my god yeah. wouldn't realise they were watching these games or like I was or I, I mean I'm in some of his highlights and it's it really makes puts you in perspective you're in a really high performance setup and absolutely you've got to and it it really like opens your eyes to the fact that the setup in Cardiff Met will, will lead to, to great things if you're if you've got that that work ethic and you buy in and you do the gym with Di Watts and the nutrition with Di Watts and the training with Reese and the training with Danny training with Gart. Mm. You do the extra bit, you're going to get very far. How well, um, how well Luke and how well Matt and how well Tom sort of balanced the whole uni life and also taking this environment that it, it was basically a professional club. When you look back on it, how hard or how easy did you find it then to be a full-time student <laughs> alongside a full-time professional athlete? Like, um, what that sort of lifestyle is like? How did Monday look for you? How did Tuesday look for you? I'll tell you, the, everyone, everyone thinks to me when they go, oh, where do you play? I go, oh, at uni, like, oh, that's be fun. Didn't realise that as a fresher, I, I played first team from the start and was in the, the, the setup with the gym and the focus group from the start. So, like, with a lot of people like Russ Bennett and, and people like that, I, we all had the same and Ellis Bevan, who's just signed for Blues, we had the same thing as Freshers Week. We, we'd be in a gym at half six in the morning, going out every night, except from Friday night because we have a, a game. I know I went out every night, got back at three, four, got up at six, went to do a gym session. So, for example, Mondays, um, I went. I remember I got here on a Saturday, played a champ game when all my housemates arrived, and, the, and like all these freshers were coming to watch, and they're like, how is he already playing the game? And I was like, it's one of those weird moments. And in that night, I went out. The Saturday night, I went out. The Sunday night, I went to soda, which was never a good idea when you go to Sunday soda, sweaty. Um, I was I was very drunk, and I got in, in the morning, and I was like, I've got to go to the gym in like an hour and a half. Um, and like for that example, that Monday, I'd have I had a nine a.m. I had so I had I went out on Sunday, gym in half six in the morning on on the Monday, straight to lectures like you did when you came to see us. Uh, lectures all day until about three we had analysis at five um and then training until half eight nine so and then i'd have to come back get changed go out again because it was freshers week and i was not gonna i was always gonna live my fresher my um fresher year out that i wanted to take the take advantage um, of the uni experience while you could really exactly so that was yeah. that was hard but then to carry that on for three years or two and a half is what we about two actually um to carry that on through uni, the setup, the, the constant uh, being analysed, the constant trying to get into the first team, constant trying to stay in the first team, um, really takes out because you've got, you you can't think about anything other than, than than rugby really when you when you all you're doing is rugby and you've got to do a, do a course at the same time. And 
I found it quite hard at the start to balance it. My nutrition went out the window a bit in first year. Um, but second year, I managed to get it back and, and I'm in good good shape now. And it's quite like a, it takes a few trial and error sessions to, to get through it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about lots of other people watching this, but I definitely couldn't do 100 burpees in the, uh, the hallway of my student house in my third year. <laughs> Um, and I know that that's exactly what you've been doing. So you've been putting the rest of us to shame, really, which that brings <laughs> us nicely onto you know, the next thing I want to talk to you about is you said briefly there how it f- it's basically felt like two years worth of you know, professional rugby alongside studies. Then all of a sudden, you know, COVID hit. How much of a disruption was that to you, to you personally? Did it throw you off your stride at first? And is there anything that you actually started doing more of that you found helped during lockdown? Um. Well, first of all, the second year for me was quite, well, it kind of leads on to it. The second year for me was where I had those struggles that I talked about with mental health and was at the lowest. My parent, my mum came up and stayed in my bed for a couple of days because I was really at a low point. And I'm not like, I'm not really embarrassed to admit that because like I've, I've got past it. I'm a much uh, more stronger person as a result of it. And like my housemate Fraser's and Meg's like, we'd have like sleepovers on the floor just so that I wasn't fe- feeling like alone and, and down about my whole career because I wasn't playing my best rugby and I wasn't getting selected for the games I wanted to play. Um, so I always say for me, after that, um, Corona kind of, it's kind of like a, a wake up call to how much I wanted to enjoy rugby. Um, Cause I wasn't enjoying it for a bit of second year. I, I'd cry after sessions in my car on the way back. Um, I'd get home, I'd be moody, I wouldn't do work. I'd go straight to bed and sleep and be really down. And then I'd always look forward to training, which is something that I really take into account when I talk about why, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through the stress of selection, stress of contracts and negotiations? And it's because I always look forward to training. I always look forward to rugby. So if I took the stress out of it and just enjoyed playing it, and I'm going to go further than I would if I worried about trying to be the best in the world. Um so lockdown for me was kind of kind of good, kind of bad. Um, I was in a relationship at the time. I um, went into lockdown with her and then went home and, and that relationship ended. I ended that relationship for, because it was something I wasn't, I don't know, I kind of, you know, I, I wasn't, it wasn't something that I wanted to be in anymore. I wanted to change. Sure. I, I'd fallen out of love and all of that stuff. Um, and it's always like a young relationship is hard to 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 get back from. And I was I was. It's not as of times at the moment either for, yeah. for relationships in any stands to to really keep going. So yeah, it's so, great you're being so open about that because it's it's something that you know people probably don't even think about um, if they're not that age and in that situation. Yeah, I'm open about it because I don't really have much reason, many reasons not to be. It's not that it's not like I haven't said anything like private. It's just how I felt and I and for me coming out of that I'd, I'd started going for runs I started going for, at home I do all the fitness that like my 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 like I don't want to say escape but the thing I turn to when I'm upset with the rest of my life is rugby and fitness and staying fit for rugby um and that led to some of one of the best summers I've had in my life um because the, some sort of pub started to reopen and like clubs reopened and, and when I was in actual lockdown, I'd sit and I'd get up and I'd do some uni work. When I finished on my second year, I'd play PlayStation and go for a run and sit in a garden and, and go for like a walk or something. Um, and I was just did the classic stuff you did in lockdown. Um, and I kind of 
built myself. I built, I worked for myself a lot more than I ever had done before. It made it, made myself realize that being alone wasn't like being on my own wasn't a bad thing and like enjoying my own company, um, which has really helped me now with my mental toughness when it comes to rugby. So I, I, one thing I always say is whenever I do anything, it's always related to rugby. Sure. It's like an addiction. Like everything I think about is related to rugby. And it's just, people think it's stupid. People, people don't really understand unless you're in the, the setup that it's, it's hard not to. Um, so I try to find different out, outlets of, of uh, enjoyment. Um, Jonah was a part of that. We used to go and even though we did rugby sessions, it was more like I'd like, I'd, I'd enjoy seeing him and doing that. Um, and then the summer came and it was, it was probably the best summer of my life. Like I, I can't fault it. It was, we played, um, played rugby like at a local club at Haven, which I, where I went to but when I was with um, England, which is a really, it feels like, it, I was there for, only there for a year, but it feels like a home to me um, because of the, the way they, they. It is there. a lovely little rugby club, Haven. I've, yeah. I've been down there through minis and juniors games before. Yeah, it's very nice down there and they're very welcoming. They love rugby, so you can't really fault it. Um, they're very welcoming to me and, 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 I'd go there and do skill sessions. And then they had, when rugby came back a little bit, I went there, did a bit of preseason um, before I came back to uni. Um, anyway, in that summer, I went on my first ever lads holiday. We went surfing down in Cornwall. Um, I've been for a lads holiday in Cornwall. It's definitely the place to go. None of this Marbella or, you know, Malarkey. As you see, I, I chucked the balls on, I got a roof rack on my car, chucked the balls on the roof rack, me, Jonah, my friends, Angus, Patrick and Harry. Just went, should we just do it? And then we went down. We there was a pub nearby. Um, there was no surf, so we just played football all day. Made friends. They were like, we camped in a field, and then we had to move out the field because that one was was taken. And then we ended up next to two tents um, of, of girls. So we made friends with these two tents and played football and stuff like that. And then yeah. went to the beach at night to drink. And for me, I like for, tried to forget about rugby. Didn't do any fitness other than swimming and surfing and paddleboarding. Um, and really tried to forget about rugby. So I, I, I let, I let like, I let myself have a few drinks and we drank pretty much every night and we went to get breakfast somewhere, really nice breakfast and eat like, eat like a fry up and not feel bad about it. Um, and that kind of led on to the, the, the summer is where I've got a beach hut at home. Um, my family have a beach hut on the South Sea seafront, which is really nice for um, just chilling out and city and people watching. And we all went down there. We'd have a couple of drinks. We'd go powderboarding, we'd go swimming, we'd sunbathe. Um, and it was just so good because I just spent time with my friends, which I hadn't done before because I'd been a bit of a relationship crazy guy when I was younger. I was always in a relationship. Yeah. And it was really opened me up to like the importance of friendship in, a, in, in life as well as a career. Because now from that lockdown period and getting out a bit, I, I made so many friendships that I can treasure for life and there will be friendships for life, which I wouldn't have done without Corona. So for me, to answer your question at style, lockdown wasn't that bad like being locked down was hard but then coming out of it and, and it gave me a bit of a new perspective on the things in life that I should be worried about rather than just worrying about rugby sure. but it also gave me that new renewed enjoyment for rugby where I can't wait to get back to it and can't wait to sign something hopefully in the, in the next few months that leads nicely into what I want to talk about next which is of course the future your future in rugby is that is that something you want to happen do you want your future to be rugby yeah 100% so in second year, I was approached by an agent who works for international player management. And we had a few chats with some premiership sides, some, some regional sides. And I got there's talk of like an offer of 
a par three contract with Ospreys, um, which isn't, isn't, I wouldn't say it's a bad contract, but it's not the contract I could live off and it would be a bit of a contract that I wouldn't be able to drop out of uni for, but I'd have to be training full time. Sure. Um, so I, I, that kind of deliberated, and that was just as Corona hit. Um, and then my agent went off, it wasn't really, I hadn't signed anything with him, but he went off the radar and just wouldn't reply to my text. Um, and then halfway through lockdown, when I was at home, I got a text from my current agent called Ben Williams, a great guy. Um, he's the agent for my friend Matt, who played for England Counties with me, who just now plays for Harlequins. Hmm. Um, and he he approached me and I signed with him and I fully signed and I became a represent athlete and I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And he's been working really hard in lockdown and, and since everything happened, as I, as I came back to uni and we keep in contact and I'm going to be a professional rugby player next year or at least sign for a club and take my career to the next level. And Any ideas at the moment who that might be with? Is that going to be a championship side, premiership side? Is it going to be in Wales? Um, it's sort of one of those things where I, I can't say not because it's confidential, but because I quite like to keep the, the negotiation between me. And yeah, Mary. sure, absolutely, absolutely. Because I know I know where I'm going to end up if nothing, if I get nothing. I know where I'm going to end up if I get the best thing, but I don't want to say something and then have it. I want to jinx it. Yeah, exactly. So I try not to to put people's expectations too high. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. But that it's exciting to hear that you know you definitely want a future in rugby and that you see, you know, because you talk about that whole idea of you needed to enjoy rugby again and you needed to to have that break almost from it because of how you were feeling during the second year. And so now you're out the other side of it and it's it's so fantastic to hear that, that that's what you want to go for. And you talked previously about having a, a Welsh connection, um, which is what meant you play for Exiles. And you've also got that England side of things because you've been playing for England County. Yeah. Let's say five years down the line, Zach Lowe, leading try scorer in whichever league he's yeah, in. He gets the call from from Wayne Pivak and he gets the call from you know Eddie Jones, if they're still there, that is. Who's he gonna go to? Who's Zach gonna look and direct his attention to? Um I think a lot of people who are Welsh are gonna hate you for this, but I would go for England because it's just the childhood club I've supported. And for my it, it kind of links on to my career, like so I because I play for a guest game for Harlequins against Exeter Chiefs in, in first year at uni and um, my goal because I support Harlequins is to, is to play for Harlequins um, much like Lukey and much like Alex Donban and, and to get into that setup. and then for me that the ideal thing would be to play for England but I'm not going to turn if I, if, I, if I sign for a Welsh region I'm not going to say no and I'm not going to turn to Wayne Pivak and go no thanks mate um, <laughs> because if it's everyone hates it you know you can't support England and Wales I'm like I'm not I don't I support England but like if Wales are playing I'm not going to hate them and tell them to not win yeah if I'm playing in Wales and in a region and I get a call up to the to the Welsh squad I'm not going to be like no I want to go to play like I'm I'm very proud of my Welsh heritage and Wales is a rugby mad country and I would I would say yes but if if both of them came calling I think I'd have to be England because um, it's just something I've followed since I, was young, since I started playing rugby and for me I, to, I, I, to wear the rose again seeing a senior debut would be immense and, and it would be another step, so stepping stone towards my um, long term goal which is not really in my mind at the moment but would be to play a Lions tour or a World Absolutely. Cup that, That's got to be the, um, the pinnacle of international yeah. rugby is uh, if, especially from around these parts, is to get to that 
to wear that Lions jersey, even for one match, is just an incredible honour. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, from what I've seen from watching you play, having the honour of, you know, doing a pitch walk with you and, you know, giving me a few jibes whilst I've been trying to take pictures on my phone. You know, I think that you've definitely got the drive to get yourself up there. And I'm really excited to see, you know, where you where you take your career from here, Zach, because you've got that drive and you've, you've had the experience that's put you into this fantastic player. And uh, I think what I'm going to do to end, to end on now is I'm just going to ask you, what do you think of England right now? Because obviously that's a, lot, that's a lot of people's conversations right now. Uh, we've spoken about your career. I thought it'd be interesting to finish and see what your, your opinion of the England team is. And then because you are a, a 13 and a winger, I want you to pick an outside centre and a winger that you think should go to this year's Lions tour. Um, England right now, I think we need a bit of a change in personnel. I'd love to see Sam Simmons and Alex Dombrandt and Marcus Smith um, get their runouts for England and, and change up a bit of the way we play and be a bit more exciting because I think we've got the ability to do that, especially with Henry Slade at 13. Um, picking a Lions 13 and winger. Uh, Henry Slade has to, has to be my 13 going to, to the Lions tour. Sure. Purely because of his versatility in the back line. The winger is a hard one, but to, if I, I'll give you two options. If I was talking about form at the moment, it would be Louis Samet from Wales. Um, but if I was talking of having that guy who consistently scores tries and is, is a big game player, it would be Johnny Mayo Anthony Watson for me. So it's not really honestly a question, but it's hard. To, I, won't, I, I, won't, I hate to be in the shoes of Warren Gatlin trying to pick a squad at the moment. Because... No, no, me too. Thank goodness I have nothing to do with that Lions squad selection. Otherwise, I think there'll be <laughs> a lot of questions raised. <laughs> well, uh, Zach, it's just it's been an absolute privilege to be able to talk to you um, so openly about your career and everything and your experiences. And I'm really excited to see where you go in the future. I quite like to think that we can do a sort of Billie Eilish thing where we interview you next year and you've... Uh, <laughs> You spent a year living out your dream at Harlequins in the Premiership. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I'd happily do it. I love I love um, having a conversation like this and, and, and really discussing um, what's going to happen, hopefully for me. Yeah. Um, takes a bit of the pressure off as well just to, to have a nice little chat about rugby itself and, and yeah. it's different in lockdown especially. So, so I'm, I'm going like to end the say, recording, but um, do you want to plug your socials? I believe you want to call, but I'll end the recording. <laughs> Give um, a plug to your socials. And you can my, plug Jonas if you want as well, because then there'll be a <laughs> between the two. Uh, I'd have to have a look. My, my, I know my Instagram is um, Zach underscore Clo, um, I think. And then my Twitter is is the same. It's Zach underscore Clo. I'm not really, I'm more, I don't really tweet as much as my brother. He loves a bit, he loves to tweet, but um yeah, Zach underscore Clow on, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, CLOW and, and for the last name and, and CH for the end of the first name. And I and, and obviously welcome new followers. Thank you for joining me, James Roberts, in my conversation with young rising rugby star Zach Clow. Please make sure to give this podcast a follow so you don't miss a new discussion each week. Coming soon, Jamie Price talks triathlons. Liv Thompson talks women's football and more rising athletes share their experiences.